It's simple. Shipping, logistics, capacity, access. We are connecting America's heartland to the rest of the world. It's not just about shipping. It's a story about how we're constantly innovating, how we move our products around the world. Cleveland is a port city. We've always been a port city. This is Great Lakes Forward. Welcome to today's episode of Great Lakes Forward. I'm your host, Jay Davis, and today we're discussing some exciting developments around Irish Town Bend. But before we get into our discussion, I want to make sure all of our listeners know that we're about to head into the 2021 navigation season on the Great Lakes and the St. Lawrence River. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Port of Cleveland. And on Facebook, we're at The Port of Cleveland for the latest news and updates during the season. Today, I'm joined by Linda Sternheimer, my colleague at the Port of Cleveland, and she is the Director of Urban Planning and Development here at the Port. Welcome, Linda. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about Irish Town Bend today. And we're also joined by Tom McNair, Executive Director of Ohio City, Inc., and another fellow Clevelander, Tom, welcome. Thanks, Jade. Appreciate you having me. Really looking forward to the conversation. So just to give us some context here, Irish Town Bend is a hillside along the Cuyahoga River shipping channel. And those that are unfamiliar with Lake Erie and the Cleveland Industrial Corridor, the Cuyahoga River serves a very important uh, waypoint for products and goods throughout the Midwest especially in the realms of steel production, cement, iron ore aggregates, and then also various unfinished goods that go into supply chains around the nation. But for today's conversation, we'll be discussing Irish Town Bend, which is hillside and it's unstable, but is adjacent to the Cuyahoga River shipping channel. So essentially, the failure of that hillside will result into about 250,000 truckloads of products of just iron ore alone, not to mention all the other raw materials and semi-finished and unfinished goods that traverse the Cuyahoga River to Lake Erie and get them out from the Port of Cleveland to the rest of the world uh, and vice versa. But also on an annual basis, many other shipments that will be blocked from the loss of that shipping. This project is of the utmost importance to our region but many, many in the Great Lakes, especially we start talking about the steel automotive industry and the construction industries, but also important to the neighborhood that's adjacent to the hillside, which is locally called Ohio City here in the Cleveland area. And so Linda and Tom have been working on this project day by day for pretty much half a decade now. And we're almost to the finish line with getting this project built. And we're going to discuss a little bit about that today. Irish Town Bend, Ohio City, a Cleveland neighborhood. My guests have both worked on this project, but more importantly, uh, they're just thought leaders and experts in, in how we get through this and some of the positive outcomes that we anticipate here in Cleveland and we think our listeners throughout the Great Lakes and throughout uh, the U.S. will definitely want to emulate at some point. So let's jump right into it. Tom, can you share a little bit of context of the history of Ohio City area? 
Yeah, absolutely, Jay. Thanks. So, you know, as you mentioned, Ohio City is uh, really the first neighborhood immediately west of downtown Cleveland, sitting on the banks of the Cuyahoga River. Uh, it's a historic neighborhood. We have about 10,000 residents. It's really socioeconomically diverse, about 54% white, 34% African-American, 18% Hispanic identifying. We have a 39% poverty rate, which is not something that people often associate uh, with Ohio City. It's a little higher than the city is, uh, of Cleveland as a whole. Uh, and we also have about three quarters of a billion dollars of investment taking place in the neighborhood. Uh, we're home to the West Side Market, Lutheran Hospital, which is part of the Cleveland Clinic Health System, St. Ignatius High School. So we have a lot of major assets uh, and we have a really engaged and passionate community uh, of people who care. And, and, and as I mentioned, the neighborhood's going through a lot of change right now. Uh, a lot of new businesses are opening. Uh, you know, as we have about 1,500 units of housing that have either recently been completed or are under construction. We're incredibly well connected via transit. Uh, we have nine transit lines that go through the neighborhood. And so there are all these assets. And yet in our office, we would joke all the time that we are the neighborhood uh, that is proximate to everything and next to nothing. And one of those, uh, you know, as it relates to the water, uh, we're surrounded by the waterfront and that you can neither see nor touch it. And so Irish Town Bend really provides this unique opportunity to uh, take this dynamic and evolving neighborhood and directly connect it to our waterfront um, which, as you can imagine, is incredibly exciting, not just for those of us working on it, but I think it's something that people in the community um, have become really excited about it, too. Thanks, Tom. Linda, do you have anything to add as far as, you know, your work here in Ohio City and as it relates to the Port of Cleveland? Yeah, thanks, Jade. I'll, I'll just add on to Tom's comment um, about the importance of Irish Town Bend, not only to Ohio City, but to the Flats neighborhood, Tremont. Really, the region, when you look at the shipping and economic impact that occurs on the river, as well as the recreation, we've started to see increase. I think people love being near the water, and there's a lot of interest in this Irish Town Bend hillside. Yeah, and, and it's interesting as you mentioned just sort of recreation and then also giving access to the water. For those that may or may not be familiar with sort of the environmental movement here in the United States, the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland, the Ship Channel, which we're talking about specifically right now, was sort of one of the touchstones for creating the Clean Water Act and also kicking off the creation of the Environmental Protection Agency. We just celebrated a couple years ago the 50th anniversary of the last major river fire there in the Cuyahoga River where the water literally was burning. And so seeing people feel now not only comfortable enough, but embracing the opportunity to be on the river, to kayak, to boat, who want to, and, and to have that neighborhood that was actually trying to disconnect from the river because of those environmental issues now reconnecting down to the river. And uh, Irish Town Bend project, which we're talking about here and exactly what that's going to be, we'll go into it a little bit. But it's going to be critical for just reimagining that city space going forward for the next generation. So I want to switch it around a little bit. So, Tom, can you tell us a little bit more about Irish Town Bend, specifically the background and the sort of history of it? Because uh, when people hear Irish Town Bend, it may not really ring a bell if you're not from this specific area in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. So Irish Town Bend has a really uh, rich and cultural history with the city, and it really goes back all the way to, uh, you know, the Native American culture working on the banks of the Irish Town Bend River. And then 
Obviously, you had Moses Cleveland, who founded the city of Cleveland, uh, getting off on the banks of the Cuyahoga River, uh, right? And they were going up west into Ohio City and east up onto the public square area. And then, you know, during the Great Potato Famine in Ireland, there was a huge influx of the Irish community into Cleveland, many of whom settled on the Irish town Ben Hillside, which is how it got its name uh, that we're known for today. And you can actually kind of track the Irish immigration story in Cleveland uh, from its roots in Irishtown Bend, and then the churches, you can see their march westward, uh, you know, starting off with St. Malachy and then St. Pat's more in the middle of the neighborhood, going out to St. Coleman's, and then again, further on west. And, and then, you know, again, as we look at this, it's kind of like Irishtown Bend has had these three major uh, history points to it. The first of which, again, the Native American populations that used the banks of the Cuyahoga, which is where it got its name, and then the Irish community that had about 50 or 60 years on the hillside, and then going into CMHA, which is a Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority, and their residents who have been on that hillside for about 60 years, right? And all intertwined in that, you have the history of the Cuyahoga River and the industry that helped make Cleveland. So it's a, a really interesting nexus, I think, of uh, all these different cultures coming together in one point that really kind of tells the history of the city as much as it does the hillside. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I think that's really important because getting sort of context of the kind of community history that this project has and how we as a Port Authority are sort of playing into that. And so, Linda, could you tell me how did the Port first get involved with Irishtown Bend? So Irish Town Bend, or some knew it as Franklin Hill, has picking up where Tom left off when um, CMHA was looking at developing further on the hillside. There was some decisions made in planning that maybe wouldn't be made today, and a lot of fill was added to uh, the hillside. And what started being evident after that is failures and evidence of slippage. And probably since the 60s, there's been a number of studies that have been done along this hillside, but it was all from like each property owner's standpoint. And the Port of Cleveland got involved roughly around 2014 and really saw that should this hillside fail, it would have detrimental effects to maritime commerce in the city of Cleveland and for the region. So the port got involved and took a holistic look at the hillside, not any one specific area of what might be causing the failure, but looking at how do we solve the problems we're seeing, looking at it comprehensively. And so that really initiated the port's involvement. And all of that stems from trying to protect the ship channel which is a core mission at the Port of Cleveland. So from there, we did a study, initial engineering study to look at this hillside. And that's when we really connected with Ohio City Incorporated. And um, I started working with Tom. So Tom, tell us a little bit about Ohio City Inc. And you guys role in Irishtown, Ben, and, and what do you do there? And how, what role you play specifically in that? Yeah, thanks, Shade. So uh, Ohio City Incorporated is a community development corporation. And for those who aren't familiar with it, uh, CDCs are really weird entities, right? 
uh, and probably all of them do a little bit of different work. But at the end of it, you know, we are all responsible for the revitalization of the communities that we serve. Uh, which can be a lot of different things. And so, you know, again, in, in our neighborhood, we look at equity as a focus and how we bring all these different groups together. We run a youth recreation league for upwards of 1,300 kids with no barriers to entry. We do business recruitment and attraction. We market and promote the neighborhood. You know, we, we help kind of play that role between the private and public sector as it relates to development that goes on. Uh, and we do a lot of planning activities, right, which is, I think, where where this really fits in. You know, and I've been with our organization since... 2010. And, you know, I remember at the time there was land behind CMHA's Riverview Tower uh, that was slated to become a mixed income development. And when they were doing the soil borings for that, they found out uh, that there's a little small problem uh, that that land was slowly falling into the Cuyahoga River. And, you know, at that point, a lot of people were trying to figure out the issues. But one thing I really appreciate is that the Port of Cleveland reached out to us to let us know that they were taking on that role in terms of stabilization of the ship channel and wanted us to get involved if we could. And, and you know, oftentimes in, in big cities, uh, you know, those sorts of communications aren't always made, right? And, and I think at that point, we really started looking at the hillside in a different way and conversations that were going on with Will. It was like, you know, look, we, we understand the importance of stabilizing this ship channel and what it means to the greater economy. And, and we also think that there's a real opportunity here to better connect our neighborhood and, and, and attach to all these other things that are going on around it. Uh, and that was around the time where we decided to uh, jointly apply with the port uh, to NOACA, our Metropolitan Planning Organization, for funding for a Transportation for Livable Communities initiative uh, that could tie all these different modes together, right? And, and I think NOACA really liked it because... Uh, as you guys well know, maritime transportation is often one of the modes of transportation that, that aren't thought about, you know, when you look at some of these planning activities. And how do you marry that along with a place like West 25th Street that has these nine buses that are coming on, that has these bike paths that are starting to kind of uh, almost envelop our neighborhood? We've got uh, the Red Line Greenway, the Cleveland Foundation Centennial Lake Link Trail. You've got uh, the Cleveland Lakefront Bikeway, right? All of which kind of coalesce and come to Irishtown Bend. So it's kind of like we started all looking at it. It's like, geez, this is an opportunity not just to stabilize this for 20,000 jobs and a $3.5 billion economic engine, which is certainly worth it all on its own, but to actually tie all these things together in a way that we think can create kind of a once-in-a-generation asset for the city of Cleveland and, frankly, the entire region. So speaking towards that end, uh, as far as like what the actual project is, you know, Linda, could you discuss some of those current issues facing Irishtown Bend and, and how we're uh, looking to address it at the Port of Cleveland? Sure. The Irishtown Bend hillside is in its current state is at risk of catastrophically failing and blocking ship traffic and all traffic along the Cuyahoga River. We see that the hillside is moving as evident by their sewer infrastructure that is one pipe has been sheared off from the movement on the hillside and another damaged, repaired and damaged again. So we know that the hillside is moving and we are currently underway with an extensive engineering design to fix that and stabilize the hillside. And one of the things we learned from the geotechnical team is that there is a deep-seated weak clay layer that is on the hillside. So all that fill 
that was added over time is just pushing down. Um, I liken it to pushing down on a bed of marbles. So um, we know the risk is there. We have a team that has designed a way to fix that. And that's the current state. So we are underway in that design process. Tom, do you have anything you want to add to that? So, yeah, Jay, what Linda just described is so critical and important, right? Because, and we talk about this all the time amongst our group and the project team, is that this is first and foremost a stabilization project, right? Nothing else matters unless we can get this hillside stabilized and continue to keep that ship channel open. And at the same time, you look at the challenges of how do we best connect, right, up from our riverfront and actually touch the neighborhood and do it in a way that works for everyone in all modes of transportation. And so, as I mentioned, there are several different bike trails that all kind of uh, come at this from different angles and figuring out the right places to move there. One of my favorite parts of this project has been uh, the amazing amount of coordination that has taken place between all the different agencies that are involved, right? And and that, again, is, is amazing, right? This is a true project of partnerships with the port, our organization, uh, working with Land Studio, that's public space experts, obviously CMHA, who owned a lot of the land that was on here, the city of Cleveland, Cuyahoga County, the Cleveland Metro Parks, um, and bringing their expertise to the table, Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, like the list goes on and on and on, right? And seeing the expertise that all these different groups bring in and how we do this uh, is amazing. But again, that coordination. So uh, while the port has their engineers working on stabilization, we have a design team that was working alongside of them that's funded separately that starts looking at, all right, we know and understand your grading plans, what you need to do, but if we can tweak it just this way, we're going to be able to make better connections up the hillside, right? So uh, I think this is something where communication is of great importance and that coordination. And, and then when you layer on the amount of public input we've put into that and how do you how do you kind of translate public wishes and desires while at the same time knowing that stabilization has to lead all things? So stabilization is the focus of the project right now. Is the channel currently safe for river class vessels traverse up and down the river? You know, and I guess, Linda, this is more of a something I think I guess the poor to be more concerned about what sort of is needs to be addressed in the immediate short term and, and what is sort of the next phase of stabilization. Yeah, so what I know about the hillside, uh, what I've learned from our team of engineers is that it's at risk. It's a deep-seated failure based on that clay layer, and it could fail at any time. The other issue is there is no bulkhead in this area, and the current timeline or fix plan is this engineering design work is almost completed. We move to permitting and, you know, our latest cost estimates. We knew that when we went into this design phase that we didn't have all the dollars lined up, but we couldn't know how many dollars we needed lined up until we knew what the design was. We have roughly half the funds raised and this project should be shovel ready by the end of 2021. And when you say half the funds raised, what are we sort of talking about as far as costs? So our estimates right now are showing about $45 million. The recent increase in steel prices threw us for a little loop looking for more funds. Uh, I added about 5 or $6 million onto our 
estimates we had uh, at the end of 2020. So we have from a lot of partners, 20, roughly 25 million secured. So we have uh, 7 million from the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. We have 9.02 million um, through an infra grant through the Department of Transportation and 1 million plus from the city of Cleveland, 1 million from the Ohio Department of Transportation. We have county funds for the reconstruction of Franklin, 3.5 million from NOACA. We also have uh, 1.6 from state capital dollars. And I should add that the current design phase is also being funded by the state capital program. And I think that should total about 25 million. So I think we've come a long way in um, gathering partners who really see not only the importance of stabilizing the hillside and protecting maritime, but also creating a, you know, an asset for the city and for the region, which isn't there now that, you know, really could tie people with water. The one thing I, I wanted to add to that, and I think Linda did a, a great job of breaking down the dollars raised to go towards stabilization, you know, but the massive undertaking that has gone down and all the other associated dollars, if you look at the total project and you start including things like values of lands that have been donated back into the project as we've had conversations things, we've raised about $40 million so far in total for this effort, right? And again, that starts looking at uh, the acquisitions and donations. It looks at the monies that have been raised to kind of move on, as Linda said, with the park design and the philanthropic efforts. So it, it's really been kind of a Herculean task. And I, I remember when we all first started looking at this, and it seems so crazy, we're looking at uh, about 23 total acres, and we were looking at like 17 different property owners across here, most of whom were just pointing fingers at each other. And the process of just kind of getting everyone on the same page and getting them to understand the vision and buy into what we wanted to do to the point that, you know, like I said, we got creative with the acquisitions of all of them. But, you know, Land Studio got a Clean Ohio grant um, because CMHA told us, look, we love this. We love, and, and again, speaking of equity, we're talking about uh, the first waterfront park in America that's directly connected to public housing. And they're like, we love this vision. But we couldn't give this land to you if we wanted to, right? Like federal law prohibits them from doing it. And so, uh, you know, we found this Clean Ohio grant that Land Studio secured that allowed us to acquire that. But, you know, convincing others that just for the betterment of the region that they should donate their land to this was just a, a massive undertaking to get us where we are today. Uh, and you wouldn't see the work taking place had all that not happened. No, thanks for that. those, those thorough explanations. You know, I think it's going to be critical for you know, a lot of folks who may or may not be familiar with the project, that critical infrastructure around the country, a lot of it is in danger. And Irishtown Bend, uh, it threatens the critical infrastructure of the six-mile shipping channel of the Cuyahoga River as it connects to the Port of Cleveland and Lake Erie. And, you know, that $3.5 billion of economic activity that drives through that river, the adjacent housing and ability to connect to and from the river and other parts of the community from that hillside is in danger and it's a real threat of quality of life and so stabilization creation of public space and connection to water and things like that bringing a new amenity to uh, a neighborhood that has like like tom says you know 39 percent 
of this uh, community is at or below the poverty level. And so bringing that kind of amenity uh, is helpful for improving the quality of life of you know Clevelanders who have ne not necessarily always had that at the forefront of happenings within their community. And so I think it's gonna be critical that folks just sort of understand, understand these things can be done. Uh, I know for a fact when I first came to the port over five years ago and talked about this project, it was like, there's no way we can get this done. It's gonna be just completely impossible. And, and you know, all these other reasons why. And, and here we are sitting here on the doorstep. I definitely appreciate that. And going into that, can we talk a little bit about the timeline on what, uh, what we anticipate the construction and a rehabilitation of these bulkheads? And maybe we need to stop and talk, talk about what are bulkheads and what the, specifically uh, what that means for Irish Town men. And, and Linda, I know that's sort of, you know, right in the alley of some of the design and planning work you do at the port. Can you discuss that a little bit? Yes, so um, the, this portion, the six miles of the Cuyahoga River to the mouth is a federal navigation channel. So it is necessary to keep it a ship channel and keep it free flowing for commerce because of, you know, natural rivers wanting to fill in with silt and sand over time. This portion of the Cuyahoga River, it's necessary to be dredged. It's necessary to have a hardened shore with a bulkhead. However, you know, a lot of that bulkhead was installed 50, 60, 75 years ago. So it's beyond or at its useful life. In the area of Irishtown Bend, it's just completely failed and gone. So the land has pushed, uh, you know, and there's a machination of different types of bulkhead that were there. So that'll, that'll be an interesting piece to constructing the new bulkhead because they're going to have to work around what's historically been there. So because of this hillside and the specifics of the site, you know, we're used to in Cleveland, a bulkhead that you see, I think probably most people that are local are familiar with the East Bank of the Flats and the bulkhead that's put in there. What we are going to need to put in at Irish Town Bend is bigger than any other bulkhead we've had to put in along the Cuyahoga River in the city of Cleveland. And so what they call a combi wall system, there'll be big 50 foot diameter pipes with steel sheet pile in between. However, while shipping needs this hardened edge, it's not good for the ecology. So one of the add-on benefits that we are layering on to this project is what we call green bulkhead. And so that's making adaptations where we can to make it friendlier for fish. So this bulkhead at Irish Town Bend will have like a face added between the pipes to uh, allow for woody debris to be in the water and provide food for juvenile fish as they move between the river and lake when they're spawning. So the green bulkhead is uh, just another layer of benefit that we are adding on to this project. And that is thanks to the collaboration with many, many partners like um, U.S. EPA and the environmental groups in Cleveland, just recognizing the importance of trying to soften that shoreline, be it literally or figuratively, with this sort of adaptation. 
I just wanted to add that I'm glad you actually asked the question, like, what is a bulkhead? Uh, and as Linda said, this is like a learning process for, for a lot of us. And I find myself, I feel like I'm in that commercial where it's like I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Like now I find myself like giving people a tour and I'm like, oh, well, if you look at the natural escarpment line over there, as if like any, and everyone looks at you like you have nine heads, right? So there's just so many technical things going on um, and it's real easy to lose sight. At the end of the day, it's a hillside falling into the river. Stop it from falling out of the river. That's what the bulkhead does. Where's this project headed? Where are we looking at now? You know, we're, we're at this point, Linda had outlined that we're about halfway there as far as funding. Uh, with the stabilization project. And Tom, I guess that's a, a really good question for you guys there at Ohio City. You know, where do you see this project going and what would be your desired impact? So uh, one, I think that that's a great question, right? And I think it's amazing to me because as Linda said, right, like there's still monies to be raised and stuff, but like you used to get this question. It's like, well, when are you guys starting on this? And you kind of laugh and it's like, well, we already have, right? And if you go by there today, you see demolitions of properties. Like we've always viewed this as just take the step in front of you when you can and just keep it moving. And that is what we've done. And we are at, I think, a, a really great point right now that's kind of an exciting timeline because, you know, you go back to 2017, we completed that vision plan with NOACA and it was adopted by the City Planning Commission about what this could be. And then, as you mentioned, we had to do the hard work, right? Or I should say the port did the hard work of like, all right, how do we actually like engineer this so that it stays upright? Now that they're about 90% through those drawings, we're able to start looking at it. How do we marry that vision plan that we came up with to the realities of that uh, stabilization plan? And that's kind of where we are now. So if you look at our immediate future, again, working with uh, Land Studio and much of our other partners, looking to re-engage the public over the course of this summer on starting to make some of these final decisions on here's areas where we know this public engagement can happen and really start looking at designing some of the public spaces that come on here. And so, uh, again, I think that we see this coming online for kind of finalizing the actual plans that we want this summer and allow us to catch up. You know, the port's 90% through construction drawings for stabilization. We want to be caught up with the construction drawings for, we'll say, the icing on the cake, right, the park. Uh, that comes in so that if, if you know, you guys are starting work on stabilization late this year, the beginning of next, and that's about 18 months or so, uh, we want to be going into park building immediately thereafter. And, and that's about an 18 month to 24 month process, right? So I think that we're looking at roughly between four and five years from now, we should all be standing on something extraordinary that we've all helped create. But when you talk about total impact, being very frank here, I'm not sure that there are many people who truly understand the impact that this is going to have on the neighborhood uh, that it's in, the surrounding communities, and the city as a whole. You know, as I mentioned, this is, uh, again, this is worth it simply on the basis of the fact that you are securing a ship channel for 20 plus thousand jobs as a three and a half billion dollar economic impact. Um, but what creating a 23 acre riverfront park is that connects a network of trails that can get you from Edgewater 
Beach to New Philadelphia is almost unfathomable. And, and it's going to have all kinds of amazing quality of life impacts. Again, we're coming out of a global pandemic wherein, you know, we recognize more and more the health and mental health impacts of being able to get outside, get fresh air. Uh, and this park is essentially bookended by two public housing facilities in Riverview Tower and Lakeview Estates and giving access to fresh air and healthy trails for their residents, which is huge. We also know in a neighborhood that is, you know, attracting a lot of investment already, right? This is going to continue to drive that investments in ways that, again, is almost hard to comprehend. Uh, and what that's going to do to uh, household value that's already increased over 1,000% in a 10 year span, right? So uh, again, an organization like ours, uh, we're constantly, how do you help create the amenities? But then how do you also try to provide balance for that and provide that there's gonna be housing that truly works for all? So uh, we're working, again, uh, happy for the growth that's taking place now and working with developers who are bringing market rate products, but we also spend a lot of time working on affordable housing projects in the neighborhood. We just created a new community land trust, which is going to allow us to build housing that is uh, essentially affordable into perpetuity with 99-year ground leases. So again, it's one of those things that's like, it's amazingly exciting, but we also have to be cognizant of the impact that it's going to have, both for the really good side of it, but also what those ripple effects are and how we deal with it. And, and so Linda, you know, sort of picking up where Tom left off. So as the port, uh, we help get this hillside stabilized and, all, and our partners go and create this new park that can become a, you know, regional and a national destination. What is next so that you sort of see that the port have to be involved in with, within the Cuyahoga River Ship Channel? Yeah, I think, um, you know, our work is going to continue to evolve and work towards that ecological, ecological benefit. But just framing that balance of having industry along with recreation along the Cuyahoga River. And um, there's a lot of other exciting plans like Vision for the Valley and study being done on the east side of the city to enhance access to the lakefront. So there's a lot, lot of exciting work ahead for the port. Great, great, great. I definitely look forward to seeing that and, and knowing that the demolition of some key buildings had happened a few weeks ago at the top of the Irish Town Bend hillside, which is big news in itself and again gets into what Tom had just stated about taking the step forward that we need to take when we can take it uh, to get this project done. We're looking at the next four or five years we can enjoy this waterfront. And understanding that, uh, I just want to applaud the work that, you know, you two uh, specifically, but then a lot of our other partner organizations uh, have really put into, you know, getting us to this point. And I think it's a real testament to how infrastructure, large critical projects, can get done, especially here in the Great Lakes region. It's gonna take collaboration, but it's gonna take a maniacal focus on the benefits to our community, to our economy, to our environment. And uh, I just wanna thank you two for joining us today to discuss that and discuss this Irish Town Bend project. And I also challenge our listeners to think about what's their Irish Town Bend in their area, in their community, and how are their ports and shipping and logistics uh, industries 
sort of working collaboratively with the communities in order to sort of address those things as well. Because I know we're not the only ones here in Cleveland, but uh, again, we're going to move the whole Great Lakes forward. It's going to be conversations like these. It's going to be actions that uh, are going to get done. And uh, I'm just glad to say that I knew this project back when, when we get it all finished. So thank you, Linda and Tom. I really appreciate you. And please do not be strangers to Great Lakes Forward. All right, Jade, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for giving us this opportunity to talk about Irish Tom Ben. Well, that's it for Great Lakes Forward on this episode. We appreciate all you guys listening. Continue to follow us at Port of Cleveland, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and The Port of Cleveland on Facebook. And also you can check us out at greatlakesforward.com as well and at theportofcleveland.com for the Cleveland Cuyahoga County Port Authority here in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks a lot and have a great one.